afternoon, a friend of mine, um, I come to know through a series of um, service. He was working full time. This is about 25 years ago. He was exciting to wrap up a um, Friday afternoon to finish the work and ready for the weekend. He was driving in fairly heavy traffic, but he was fairly happy. He was singing to the tune of the radio. But all of a sudden, everything around him just went black, so black. And he thought, just it's just a flick off the eye. He thought, okay, if I just blink, I will see again. He blinked a few times, but he couldn't see. Suddenly, it was terrifying to realize that this darkness is coming from within. Uh, it's not the sky that's closing in on him, but it's his retinas was detaching and he couldn't see anything. Um, in an instant, he was plunged into the abyss of darkness. And he was trying frantically to stop the car. He did eventually, obviously with a lot of shaking. Um, he couldn't call out for help. This is like a long time ago. So he didn't have a phone with him or anything like that. So he was making his way slowly out to call for help in um, a, um, from the um, passerby. I don't know if any of us here sitting, thinking of, you know, or preparing ourselves for that kind of situation. Imagine if you were that person. And imagine if you were the parent receiving that phone call. Here in chapter 9 of John that Mary just read, we also have a man he's blind to. The difference is he's blind from birth, and he probably was begging on the road. When he happened to catch the attention of the disciple and Jesus, they was walking by. And as Mary read, as you can be aware, that the story took off to a really unexpected end. I want to spend the next few minutes talking about the miracle itself, the miracle receiver, and the miracle maker. And my prayer is that we shall find in the journey of faith our um, the reminder for our journey of faith as well. And so we read in John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7. We got that? Yep. Um, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So the story began when Jesus saw the man. In total darkness, this guy, he never seen lights before, but he's being seen by the light of the world. This reminds me of John Chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, in him was life, 
and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but darkness did not comprehend it. Think about it. Being born blind, what could this man say? So to say for him is fairly functional. To say for him is to touch, to sense, or to hear. Everything around him, including himself, remind him every waking minute of his life that I am blind, I can't see. And according to the law of Moses, this blindness is a result of sin. He himself told the religious leader that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. I don't know what the disciple might offer. <clears throat> I don't, sorry. Clearly he knew that he had a great need. He knew that he had a great need. He, he knew that, you know, if nothing happened, he will be the same for however long that he lived. He had given up perhaps of being healed a long time ago. No matter how hard he tried, he's not going to get better. But when Jesus saw him, everything changes. That marks the beginning of his journey from darkness to light. Though he didn't say, but I'm sure he heard the movement around him. I'm sure he heard the disciple asking Jesus the question. And I am doubly sure that he heard Jesus answer. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parent, that this man was born blind? The disciple asked that question. It reveals a lot about the person asking the question, what's in their heart, isn't it? At the least, it sounds like they're not really worried about the man's condition at all. But it's more the, the theological correctness that bothers them. The blind man doesn't matter. What's the cause of this blindness is the main concern. I can't help but thinking the tone of the question also sound a bit condemning, judgmental. Who sins, him or his parent? Who's responsible for it? We ask the question as if we are the arbitrators and God is has a responsibility to answer all our question, doesn't matter how unreasonable that is. But that aside, Jesus is already at work. Neither this man or his parents sin, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. I think what Jesus said, might shock a few people. I mean, when I read it at first, I was quite shocked when I heard that. I mean, essentially what Jesus is saying is that suffering is not always, not always the result of evil. 
the disciple and many of us sitting here probably believe otherwise. Number two, what he's saying is that suffering can be a premise for God's glory to be shown, as it is in this case. And number three, suffering is a stark reminder that we've got work to do. God's got work to do. Clearly, I don't know what happened with the disciple, what they thought of Jesus' answer, but one thing that's clear is that John didn't mention the disciple anymore for the rest of the chapter. But what I'm more interested in is what would the blind man think? I'd imagine this is what's going on in his head all my life I've suffered. I've stumbling down the road every waking moment of my life to make my way here. I need, I don't need anybody to tell me that my condition, my blindness is a result of sin because the law of Moses already dictate that. It is the result of God punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third or the fourth generation. This is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. And the truth of the matter is, I am the living proof of that. But hang on. This person, this Jesus, what is he saying? What he's saying is not like any teacher that I've heard before. He doesn't find fault. He doesn't condemn. What he said is quite revolutionary, something I've never heard before. That this suffering, this blindness of mine, can be an occasion for God's glory to show. Among many voices I heard that day, I heard him clearly. He said, oh, he is the light of the world. Maybe, just maybe, I don't know, but I have this hope that he can do something for me. And so with that, he let Jesus put the mixture of mud and saliva in his eyes, and he did what was asked of him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So he listened in faith and acted in obedience promptly. And he come home seeing. It's really interesting to see that John was careful to insert the meaning of Siloam in there as well, meaning sent. I reckon he didn't want his reader to miss the connection between go, wash, and send. The moment he listened to Jesus' command with trust and acted in obedience, miracles happened. Um, so, his faith and his action were working together. His faith was made complete by what he did. Faith is not a noun. It's a written, it's not a written statement either, but it's the live conviction. He came home seeing. 
I could have finished my talk here. I mean, you know, I was tempted to send everybody home. I was thinking, Lynn said everything. But there's one thing that I, you know, I just want to bring here today uh, that that's not the whole gospel. When he was saved and healed, that's not the whole gospel. His story didn't stop there. Indeed, it just barely begun. As he began his life as a normal person, carrying on his daily task, he was bombarded with questions to how he was healed and who healed him. After all, it shouldn't happen to him, a sinner. And whoever performed that miracle, he's a lawbreaker. All sort of reactions. But people took great interest in his healing, not because they wanted to hear more about the good news, rather they wanted to find fault in the whole thing. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus didn't save us so that we can keep the good news to ourselves. As long as it's day, we must do the work of God who sent me. So the blind man knows that he has a testimony to tell. It was just a simple report. I am the blind beggar. The man named Jesus, he mixed the mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and I washed and then I could see. That's all he was saying who he was, what Jesus did to him, how he did it, and what he thought of the whole thing. Simple as that. What about us? What's our testimony? Have we got one ready? If you thought your Christian life is safe and sound, the moment you confess your faith in Jesus and you can go on your merry way, that's it. Your ticket to heaven has been purchased. After all, isn't that being saved through faith? Well, the truth is, as long as it is day, we must do the work of God. Can I encourage you to think of how you came to know God and how you experienced his saving grace and what difference that made in your life? Have your testimony ready because one day you will need it. We all have our part to play in the kingdom of God, a story to tell and a testimony to make. Have one ready. And of course the journey from darkness to light is never rosy because people can and they will recognize the blind beggar, but the men with sight, they have a hard time to accept. Darkness cannot comprehend light. So there will be a time of testing. Although the parents weren't able to protect him publicly, what I reckon is what they taught him in private has helped him stand the test of faith in public. And darkness loses its power in the presence of light. When the truth is larger than life, he has lost all the fear for the authority. I told you already, do you want to be this person's disciple as well? <laughs>
Now this is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listened to the godly person who does his will. Nobody ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man was not from God, he could do nothing. I want to encourage young parents, Craig and Sam, today, teach your children, even when they are still very, very young, sow in their life the seed of the gospel. Because in the time of need, it is this seed, this one of the scripture that will keep them standing in their faith. Start children off the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. And so any miracle happened, it won't happen without the miracle worker. So we come to the last part of this chapter. Can you believe this man is completely healed from his blindness, yet he hasn't seen Jesus and he doesn't know who he is? I'd imagine if he was to bump into Jesus on the street soon after, he wouldn't recognize him. How ironic is that? The one who is being healed from total blindness cannot see the light of the world for who he really is. But Jesus hasn't finished with him yet. When Jesus heals someone, it will be a wholesome experience. Because he said, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So it's intriguing to find out what he meant by this work of God. So I searched the scriptures and I found out. John 6.29 said, the work of God is this. You ready? To believe in the one he has sent. That's the work of God. So then Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out and he went and found him. He, when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked, Tell me, tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And immediately he was totally healed from his spiritual blindness. He was able to see and believe Jesus for who he really is, the light of the world, the son of men. And so he confessed, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Here's the thing. The kingdom of light is upon you when you hear Jesus' voice and see him for who he really is. He is the Lord of your life. The miracle of sight is received in its fullness when Jesus is seen in his rightful place. And yes, by the grace of God, you might have to pay a price, but rest assured, Jesus can hear you. He's looking out to find you. He was looking out to find the beggar in the middle of the road, in the middle of your struggle, 
you will see the light of Jesus. And he's at work still. As long as it is day, we must do the work of God who sent him. And the work of God is to believe in the one he has sent. Remember the story I told you about my friend just before? When I met this friend of mine, I thought to myself, geez, this man, he really needs some help. I wonder how I can help him. Mind you, he was robbed a few times down the street and his guide dog was attacked a few times just recently. But I wasn't really sure how to strike a sensible conversation, you know. Very mindful to keep his condition in mind. Until one day, he and his guide dog made headlines in the local newspaper. That night, he had dinner booked at a local pub. And when he turned up with his guide dog, he was refused entry because the policy of the pub, they don't allow um, dog inside. And what, how I got to know him from then on, just history. But what I learned from this blind man friend of mine is more than what I've learned from any theological book that I've read. Here's something that he taught me. I am more blessed to give than to receive. I am more blessed in my blindness than in all the years that I have sight because I came to realize that there is another light that the naked eye cannot see. God is my light. Another one. My disability is the premise for God showing his grace. One more. I don't know what I will do if I don't have God in my life. And he's still working to make me perfect, he said. I am so blessed because I have believing parents. This is the best inheritance I've got from them. And one more. Being blind helped me realize that there are still more nice people in this world than not. I mean, this actually comes from a man whose dog has been rejected in entry. Incredible, isn't it? And all the while, I was sitting there, listening to him for hours on end, and I realized how blind I was. I mean, I'm still am. <laughs> but it is I who need help, not him. It made a profound impact on me when I realized that this person possesses a kind of seeing that takes faith to believe, courage to follow, and grace to act upon. I suppose my friends and this blind man share one thing in common, their physical blindness. But they also share that their physical blindness is the premise for God's glory to be shown in their life. And they themselves responded to the light and since that moment onward, their journey of faith began. They know what it is to have a need, 
but they also experience how hard it is to speak up, to testify about the source of hope. You see, seeing is not really seeing until you can see beyond all the troubles to appreciate this special gift of God, the author of your vision, the Son of Man. It is him who said, said that, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Let's take a moment and bow our head in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for your time, for your word. May the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. Amen. So, how might we respond today? I have a few suggestions. In your time that you have available to you, there's a few things that we could think of today. What are you hearing? The Holy Spirit speaking to you today? Or where are you on your journey to light? How about praying for courage to follow through with your faith? Remember, any big achievement always starts with small steps. I am the man. The man called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eye. And I went, I washed, and I come home seeing. As simple as that. Pray for a testimony. How about praying for wisdom to raise godly children who love and treasure the word of God in their heart? Thank you.